you're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. Well, welcome, welcome. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Seven Transformations podcast. Today, I'm interviewing one of my awesome friends, Wes. What's up, Wes? Hey, Tudor. Good so, to be here, man. Yeah, good to hear. I haven't seen you in so long. I'm so happy to see you and catch hey, up oh, with you today. Awesome. You good to be here. Such an interesting life. We have very similar paths, and you definitely have walked several years ahead of me on, on yours. And I want to share Wes's amazing life with you today, and we're going to talk a little about transformation, but I'll let him kind of explain about what he is up to in his life and what he's doing. So I want to share a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before becoming a, a master coach and, and uh, working in the human potential field, I was the professor of consciousness studies and mature ego development at the colleges here that in That sounds really interesting. Yeah, right? And so I did that for about nine years and uh, was psychology professor at the Department of Psychological Science and uh, created a course on the psychology of consciousness and mature ego development. Wow. And what I learned from that experience was that there is no substitute for direct apprehension or direct experience. And so mm. that course could have been very theoretical and we made it very applicable and we made it so that everybody could actually experience the phenomenon that we were talking about. And Absolutely. that completely changed and colored how I present as a, as a professor back then. It's changed how I am as a coach today. Um, and the programs that we offer, it's, it's influenced it in a very, very direct way. So when I left the college, I created a nonprofit organization, which I now currently co-run. Mm with my colleagues. It's the Psylogia Institute for yeah. the Development of Consciousness and Purpose and Transformation. Awesome. Yeah. So we run several different programs. We have workshops, seminars. Uh, we have practitioner trainings yeah. that we're currently running. So do you guys uh, do like online classes, like where people, let's say, who don't live uh, in the area of Phoenix? We do. We do. Right now we're running some certification programs for okay. practitioners to run certain types of um psychological activation protocols yeah. and so we're teaching things like uh psychological relief we're doing goal development spiritual wow. awakenings that sort of thing so we do those online and when nice. we have several programs we've been doing for young adults uh and we do those locally here in arizona wow that's amazing what a fantastic life path to be able to live that every day <laughs> it's and pretty amazing what i mean back to your first class that you that program that mm -hmm. kind of shaped everything for you what led up to that program or what kind of inspired you to create something different okay so when i was in college i was studying psychology and i knew i wanted to be a professor i was pretty excited about being a psychology professor at the time i was also moonlighting as a ballroom dance instructor yeah that's how we know each other and uh so i was doing psychology in the day and teaching dance at night and it was it was a good it was pretty good i enjoyed that gig and with the psychology right around my 30s i really started getting into consciousness science yeah and I was, had come from a traditional Christian background and I was starting to wanting to deepen my experience, deepen my faith. Mm. And I was sort of hitting a, a dead end with Christianity and it just wasn't deepening for me. I was going to church every Sunday and I felt like I was just getting resaved. Yeah, it's too much Sunday. ritual and not enough, 
for me. Yeah, and I was like, man, there's got to be something deeper here. And then I got sort of terrified because I was starting to be introduced to meditation and I was having some some Buddhist books sort of yeah, fall in my yeah. lap and I was reading. Things were kind of started deconstructing a little bit in that area. <laughs> yeah, <I> kind of freaked <laughs> out. I thought, oh my God, you know, do I have to renounce my Christianity to, you know, to, to take on these new awakenings, these new journeys and paths? And I really got saved by a book. And mm. the book I got saved by was uh, Living Buddha, Living Christ hmm. by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it just allowed me to synthesize and integrate that what a quote unquote good Buddhist is, is the exact same thing as it's what a good Christian thing. is. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, relief. Okay. It's uh, like Christ consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is exactly the same, right? So that book really helped me and put me on a path to just wanting to know more about integrative theory, integrative philosophy. Hmm. And so what happened was I really got into Ken Wilber's integral philosophy and that changed everything. Mm -hmm. So I started really putting the, the dots together. I could finally and see. And what a little bit about that. Can you explain kind of for some people that maybe not are familiar with? Yeah. So it's basically a theory of everything. Okay. And it's taking the best of the different domains of existence. So mm -hmm. arts, morals, and sciences. Um, and allowing them to integrate so that they all together can uh, reveal the truth without necessarily having to choose one over the other. Mm. Yeah. And so it's an integrative theory. It's a holistic theory. And as you see a change or an arising or a change in one domain of life, you can expect an equal and opposite shift, yeah, shift in, in the other domains of life. Right. Mm. And uh, that framework, that map helped me tremendously. It changed yeah. how I did absolutely everything. Yeah. And uh, so that got me on the path. And I, I'm the kind of guy where if I love a book, I'll go to the bibliography, I'll look at the end, yeah, and I'll find what, out, yeah. okay, now who do I got to read? And I just went through everybody, man. I started getting into Alan Watts, and I was reading oh, Ram yeah, Dass. And, you know, I just the, it just went from there. So it really became, that was kind of the, the first pivotal moment, the seed that kind of planted yeah. everything else. Yeah, and then I had a colleague who said, hey, you seem to be really into this. Why don't you do some coursework here and teach about consciousness? Hmm. And I said, great. So they let me create a course. That's awesome. Yeah, man. and I tweaked a class that was already on the books since the 1970s, which was the psychology of altered states. Oh, and that's I cool. And I tweaked that and sort of updated it, and yeah. it became the class on the psychology of consciousness. That's such a fascinating topic. I mean, I think you could talk about that for hours, you know, with anybody in consciousness. I always find myself talking with my friends about different altered states and their impact on our decisions. Uh, what is consciousness? What is awareness? It's such an interesting, such an interesting field. So it's so cool that you get to play in that area. And yeah, it was fantastic. Constantly create. Well, kind of, you know, more along the lines of your life purpose. Now you've really walked down this path in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever of, of having created these new things. What does your work mean for your life purpose to you right now, the, the Psylogia Institute, the, the classes and courses you're doing, the trainings, the, mm. the work with people, what does that mean for your life purpose and your vision, you know, going forward? Yeah. Great question. So what it brings to mind is that there's something about mission. There's something about purpose. And it, it took me a long time to figure out what that was. Mm. It took me a long time to accept the truth yeah. of what that was. And if I back up just a little bit prior to that, I think what allowed me to accept that deeper truth about what that mission was, what that deep purpose is, is I had to really get aligned that there is a developmental 
there's a developmental line, there's a developmental uh, energetic mm -hmm. that we cannot escape. And that is we go from waking up to growing up to showing up. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. And so that really, that profoundly allowed me to get into the alignment of how transformation is going to occur yeah. because you cannot skip those stages. They yeah. unfold in that way. There's yeah. just, there's only one way. It's like there's the only default one. energetical pattern that we all have to go through yeah. that cycle. That is the direction of evolution. It goes from waking up to growing up to showing up. That's, yeah. that's just the way it goes. Um, and for human beings, that's, that's the route. That's, that's the path that we have to take. So there's an initiatory awakening experience and that is very groovy and that's very important, but that isn't enough. Yeah. Then there has to be some sort of maturing, some sort accountability of accountability and developing habits. Yep. And growing up and maturing. And then that isn't enough anymore either in this mm. day and age. What's now important is that we actually show up that we embody that change. Mm. And I think, um, for me, learning that waking up wasn't enough because I thought, oh, wow, I've had all these great experiences. I've, I've studied all this stuff. And that was, crap, I'm still miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the next step was, okay, I'm going to go work on myself and I'm going to improve myself out of this dilemma, this struggle. And then that left me wanting. Mm. And then it wasn't until I had some very, very brilliant mentors point out to me and say, until you are that, you will suffer. Yeah. So it was the living embodiment and really stepping into the, the, the spiritual and karmic responsibility to, to live from that place and be that change. That was the shift. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it really reminds you of just the the transformative power of any kind of commitment, you know, in your life that, and the things you're committed to, they really define your, your character, you know, your, your vision, your purpose, and they really give you life too. A lot of times we avoid them obviously because commitment is scary, but it's, it's really, we gain life when we, we jump, like you said, show up into those commitments. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, what uh, is your favorite part of the process? You know, that's a question about maybe what you do at the school or, you know, maybe the, the work that you do with your training going, you know, across the country, coaching people one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one or in groups. What's your favorite part to that process? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, you have a lot of interesting things going on, but maybe you can list one or two that, you know, some of your favorite parts of I'll, the whole uh, adventure. I'll do my best. It reminds me of a question when I was a professional ballroom dancer. People say, what's your favorite dance? And I was yeah. like, well, what music is playing? <laughs> right. <laughs> if it's a foxtrot, that's my favorite. If it's a cha-cha. I had somebody else that's answer my the question like that too, actually. So. <laughs> so the real answer is whatever I'm doing is my favorite. Um, yeah, that's good. But maybe I can bring it and bring in the theme of your, your show and your talk here. Um, what I like to tell people is I am not in the make you feel better business. Hmm. I am in the transformation business. Yeah. That's and if I'm, if I'm helping someone grow, if I'm helping someone transform, if I'm helping someone bloom, if I'm helping someone awaken to their deep brilliance or Dharma, nothing feels better than being on that journey with them. I by hmm. no means think that it's coming from me, Yeah. but I really enjoy that process of, of doing it with them co-awakening along with them that yeah. part watching people wake up who there's there's nothing better than seeing somebody's eyes become instantly clear for the face to have total innocence to see all the masks drop and to see that and yeah, it's palpable you can see oh, that state man. change it's it's crazy their whole yeah. face changes and i'm lucky enough i get to, like almost every day i get to see people do this and i love that yeah i love that so that's groovy but going through the whole process and then knowing that they're walking their own path, that they're 
bringing into the world the change and the brilliance that lives within them, that opens my heart. Yeah. That makes me just sit back and just awe and rapture and say, okay, to the great one. Like, <laughs> that's the way things are supposed to be. That's, all, that's awesome. I mean, I think we get so fueled and alive by giving to others that experience that we, that was so meaningful to us. You know, you really get fueled by it. It reminded me of a, a recent episode I talked about because I've been obviously interviewing a lot of people, you know, mm. talking about their version of transformation and what they see and I've been taking notes and it's been so cool to get different perspectives on it. And so I've collected kind of some major areas or places where transformation happens. And one of the aspects that you were talking about just now that reminded me of it was that it's always mutual. Mm-hmm. It's always mutual in some relational way. You know, we always think that we're helping somebody, but actually we're also helping ourselves at the same time. It's like, like you said, when you're helping somebody awaken, you gain something too out of that. It's it's like oh, a yeah. mutual thing, and uh, it's really interesting. You know, I actually I remember a quick story with my with my mom. I'm I'm helping her kind of get some healthy habits, get some confidence, independence back in her life with one of my friends, Joey. I also interviewed him on here. He's a personal trainer. Uh, he's like episode twenty and twenty one, I think. Really cool guy. One of my really good friends, and we basically teamed up to get my mom. You know back to a state of independence. I mean, she literally couldn't walk at some point. I'm like, mom, you're rotting away on the couch. I'm not, I'm not going to see this anymore. And so obviously I meet with her a lot and talk, you know, progress and kind of coaching her through it and stuff. And I realize I'm like, you know, I am not just helping her. Like she is the space for me to learn how to help mm-hmm. and articulate what I know and help people mm-hmm. and learn about myself and how I communicate and how do you, communicate to somebody who maybe has a different way of communicating than you, you know, so it's always transformative in both directions. It's, it's so cool. So anyway, that just reminded me of, of that story. Well, what can you maybe share a recent experience? Let's get back to your work here and in the world that you are doing that was very transformative, that was mind blowing, maybe that really touched you. Like I said, I'm sure you have a lot of those kinds of experiences every day, but anything recent that you want to share? Yeah, you mean uh, my awakening or an awakening that I've been able to go on that journey with? You know like what? One of I mean, either. Or... Whatever works. Whatever you. Gosh, whatever's think, coming to your heart. A couple. Right now. So, uh, we run a, a men's group here yeah. in Arizona. And uh, my colleague and I run a, a meetup group. It's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, yeah. And our mission is to cultivate healthy masculinity. Yeah. And right now, the world is 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 deeply. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. And, and we need, That's a great cause. We need healthy masculinity in the world. Uh, and so just this last weekend, we took a group of 18 men through an experience where they were able to literally neutralize, integrate, and come to peace with the toxic shame that they've been living with their whole lives. Wow. Right? That's amazing. So, you know, seeing something like that, not only with one individual man, but, but with a group of men, and to watch them collectively move through that, which they've been carrying, you know, a burden they've been, they carry that Mm. they picked it up and like put it on their shoulders and carry it, you know, and to watch them set that down and to see the liberated energy come back in, like to see the available energy that is now there for them to live from right in a stronger, more present way. And that was a beautiful thing to see, right? That's amazing. Yeah. So there's a really good example where that was like a, like a weekend seminar or something. Or... Yeah. So we've, we've got a, we've got a, a public group, 
uh, that we meet and there's an advanced group where they, they actually pay a membership dues. And oh, so I we see. do, uh, a, a, like a deeper cut of that oh, work. See, and then they, they have, um, they're holding each other accountable and, and there's a lot more going on to, cool. to like enrich the experience. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And the guys were talking about it and you know, like, you know, this toxic shame is a big deal. Hmm. You know, we don't feel good about ourselves. We feel like love is conditional. And so I'm really curious just because that's a really interesting topic that you're bringing up. What just, I may be obviously in a little nutshell, but what is the source of that toxic shame for, for the masculinity right now? Yeah. So I can talk about it from the point of view of what I've been told, you know, what I've researched and what I've been learning with the men. I think it boils down to if you live a life where you felt like being you wasn't going to be accepted. Hmm that starts the seed of toxic shame. If in your life, love was conditional, Mm. if it wasn't okay to be you, Mm -hmm. then what happens is you learn to cope and you go, okay, who do you want me to be? Mm. If it's not okay for me to be me, if I get shamed for that, if I get scolded for that, if I get punished for that, if I get, um, if, if love is removed, Mm -hmm. if attention is removed, then you go, okay, who do I got to be? Who do I have to be to survive? Yeah, you start creating an alter ego or, you know, all these constructs you, that we... You create a false self. Yeah. Yeah. And it may have nothing to do with your true essence. It may have nothing to do with your with your true natural self. Mm-hmm. But that's how you got to survive childhood. Well, it's all strategy. I mean... Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so what happens, cool. you internalize it. And then you run that game for two, three decades. And you think it's you. You know, you've been bamboozled. It's not true. But you, you're absolutely convinced it's true. Wow. That's awesome that you can, what I'm always blown away by, I've done a lot of these kind of courses, not not through Psylogia or anything yet, but I'm always blown away by, even though how heavy these burdens and crosses that we bear, literally, right? It's a metaphor that's perfect for that. It, how quickly we can let them down, you know, yes. with the right kind of work, you know, you're not condemned to your ego or to your, you know, mm-hmm. constructs that you punished yourself for so long. You're not condemned to those. You can literally transform and let them go in a very short amount of time with the right support system, with the right education. So I think that's really cool. You know, yeah. it's not some struggle. It doesn't have to be. No. You Change know? does not necessarily have to be difficult or, or mm. arduous or painful. Yeah. It can be sometimes. Sometimes that's needed, but it is not necessarily a guarantee. Yeah. Transformation can be very, very beautiful. Absolutely. Well, with your relationships and the people in your life, obviously this journey that you've lived on, it's such a interesting and rewarding path. And you have gained so much awakening and, and transformation on your own end. How would you say that you are different to the people around you? Let's say the closest people around you, your relationships than you were maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 mm. years ago. Yeah. What has been some of the major changes in your interactions with your closest relationships or even your students, you know, things sure. like that. So, yeah, I'm easier to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not as, a, not as hard to get along with anymore. I'm a lot less rigid. I mean, that really is the true. Answer. So would you say like a lot of, cause a lot of the things I'm hearing is acceptance going with the flow, seeing the bigger picture, um, yeah. You know, and some of those. I notes. think the biggest shift was I had to learn how to accept, and I'm still learning. I will not tell you that I've got this down. Yeah. But 
choosing to be okay with who I am at my essence. Yeah. Just the way I am, my particular blend of personality and quirks and, and brilliances and yeah. like just being okay with that and then living from that place. And, uh, that's not easy. Yeah. I don't think that job's ever going to be done. Absolutely. Uh, but I was just talking to a client today about this, actually, that greatness, when we see greatness in others and we, and we are awestruck by people's just stellar brilliance, it's that they are unapologetically themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not there yet, but I am closer to that than I've ever been. Yeah. And as I have been closer to being more unapologetically, just simply who I am, then my relationships with others have gone much smoother. Yeah. There's a deeper respect and they know what they're getting from me. Absolutely. I think when I wasn't as authentic with myself, I left people kind of in limbo. Like, well, yeah, like what's I was confusing them. I thought I was being clear. I thought I was making it easy on them, but actually I was making it harder on them. Yeah. Because I was either like too flexible and wishy washy. So there's nothing they could stick to, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that was harder relationships back then. Yeah. They're better. Now, I won't, I won't tell you they're fixed, but they're better. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's a journey of a lifetime, just really discovering and accepting yourself. You know? yeah. yeah. And it's the, the clearer that picture gets, the clearer everything else gets, because in reference to yourself, then you know where everything else stands, mm-hmm. rather than looking externally. Well, I have a question for you about the work that you do, because it's something that we all have to deal with, even if it's as interesting of a life as yours. You know, you you have the mundane that you have to deal with. And that is an obstacle, you know, to transformation, to living a creative life. How do you deal with the mundane? You know, how do you not let it plant the seeds of cynicism in mm. in what you're doing? Because it's very easy for you know, there's constant things that happen that we have to deal with. And what are some of the I guess, strategies that you employ to maintain your life as a transformed one, to maintain these experiences as being significant and meaningful rather than just another seminar or another, okay, it's business as usual. So with my groups, with the people I train, one of the vows I encourage people to take for themselves is that they do not need to live with emotional turmoil. Now that is a huge statement and most people are like, what the heck are you talking about? What I'm talking about is right now I have been introduced to techniques and methods that can in a very, very short order of time, literally eliminate the emotional charge we carry Hmm. about things that you were calling mundane. Yeah. Or just simply the day-to-day things that happen or traumas that have come up in the past. Those things, the emotional charge we carry, the meaning we put on it, that can be neutralized very, very fast. I can't make events go away. I can't make taxes are due next week, right? I can't make that go away. That's a date. It's hard on the calendar. What I can remove is my emotional reaction, my emotional charge, my hang-up, my projection, my denial attachment to whatever it is that stuff can be eliminated. If you can remove those obstacles, then you're left with psychological freedom, psycho emotional freedom. So I've taken it on in the last five years since I've been perfecting these techniques that I was shown and I do it on myself whenever I can, if I need to, if something's going on, because I realized I 
do not need to live with emotional turmoil. That's awesome. Now, things get a hold of me. Stuff really ticks me off. Yeah. You know, something happens and I don't like it. And then if I wake up, oh, wait a minute. I don't, I don't have to suffer through that. Yeah. And I can take myself through it. I can ask my colleagues to run me through it. So I've really tried to mitigate what you're calling mundane, you know, and the stresses that can bring up and just simply not tolerate it. I don't have to. In yeah. a very short order of time, I can, I can move beyond that and then go from something that was a problem to something that is no longer a problem. Oh. So that's one way of definitely dealing with it. And that's yep. something that's available to anybody really through the programs you guys offer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is we can so cool. teach people how to do it. We can enter into coaching relationships, you know, where we do it with people. Um, you know, we've got training programs. Where we show people those techniques and methods. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I can look people in the face and say that with confidence, you do not need to live with emotional turmoil. Yeah. You know, and it's true. It's true. Can't change the, exterior circumstances we can change how we feel about them i've always been fascinated by like the distinction that you learn from buddha which is you know life has pain in it but suffering is something that we create you know mm -hmm. suffering is largely most of our pain is not physical you know it's yeah. it's this emotional thing that we, we create ultimately and that that's really freeing to be able to know that, that sure. at least half of it you can get rid of. You know, you can't control, like you said, yeah. taxes and bleeding money, but it is what it is. So, so I got one more thing. Yeah. I feel like maybe I kind of cheated out of your question a little bit. Um, the other thing I would say about dealing with mundane, the more aligned you are with your deep purpose, the more you are aligned with your particular dharma, the more you are willing to live from your deep brilliance and from your unique gifts, then what you're doing in the world is less mundane. Mm. So a lot of times when we have that struggle, I think that's our soul trying to say, you need to be over here. You're not in the right place. Mm. We've got to make tough decisions and you're going to have to let go and you've got to get over here. Um, you know, the, yeah, <laughs> one of my teachers always said, uh, you know, if you get fired from a job, your ego freaks out, but your soul throws a party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're probably you're, you're being course corrected. Yeah. So I think when things feel down, when there's a lot of pressure, when there's something going on and, and it starts feeling like mundaneness, hmm. and I think the same can be said for boredom. What's happening in that moment is you are not living your life purpose. Interesting. When you are on that beam of your life purpose, you want for nothing. Suffering does not exist yeah. when you are in that place. So that's I think very that's, well how, said. You, I that's like how you that. handle it. You got to listen to what, what's mm. being asked of you. You're probably being asked to, to live a different energy. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's not, you don't even notice those things if you are living your life purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I well, very well said. I like that a lot. Well, what is, what does the word transformation mean to you? I mean, you're pretty much uh, in that field. That's your Mr. Transformation. So that's true. So yeah. what does it mean to you? I mean, when you hear it, what what's what does it mean to you? What? It's very, very interesting you're asking me this question. There is in the last two weeks, man, this has been my conversation with just about everybody, my colleagues, my clients. This is just really on right now. And for me, transformation is literally everything. Yeah. And it is the one thing that we strangely 
do not have a vocabulary for. I know, yeah. We have got so few words that describe, embody the word transformation. Yeah. We don't have much. What we have is just put the word trans in front of anything. And then, yeah, (laughs) transcendental (laughs) transformation, whatever, you know, and um, it's interesting. Transformation's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. And I think we're we're at that time. It's it's our epoch where there is going to be an impetus to transform. That's what's coming next. What's transformation to me? It is it's the impetus. It's it's the living change. It's, it's moving from the level you're on to the level that you're going to. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing about transformation that's important is that uh, here, and this is how I define it. I'm just a little slow tutor. <laughs> that's okay. That's Trans- good. I like it. <laughs> transformation is literally the transcendence and inclusion of where you came from. That's transformation. Mm. So transformation is you've moved to a new level. You've transcended the level you were on, but you included, you took with you you the best of what was in the level and levels under that. Mm. So to me, that's actual transformation. Interesting. Transcendence and inclusion. Moving up. The inclusion part is very interesting to me. Because that's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people think, oh, I'll move to here and then I'll dissociate and cut off from all that. There's There's no separation. You can't do that. It is an inclusive uh, change. Yeah. So for me, if you know, if we use a an ascending model, an ascending image, you know, so let's say it's a it's a mountain we're climbing, Mm -hmm. right? So if you and I get up to seven thousand feet, we include six thousand, five thousand, four thousand, three thousand, two thousand feet. Mm -hmm. We don't. We can't deny. We're standing on the yeah. It is in reference to yeah the the past. It's We're standing history. on the gifts of all the previous elevations. Yeah, right. And so you you transcend, you go up, but you include that which is beneath. Interesting, right? So transformation is that jump to the next level hmm. that also includes that from which you came from that you can still reverently bow to and accept that which got you there. Hmm. That you don't cut off, deny, repress that which is part of you yeah because Because it's it is part of you it is there's no other choice right and denying it only leads to more blockages and obstacles and problems yeah well i want to kind of jump really quick back to something that you kind of opened up a little bit that we were talking about you know seeing our future selves mastering being authentic and Mm -hmm. uh you know basically fully living you know, who you are inside. And I really like that. And I wanted to ask you, what to you is the biggest obstacle on your path towards realizing that for yourself? What do you find is is the biggest obstacle or maybe recurring obstacle that has, obviously you've improved and gotten better, you know, uh, familiarized with yourself over the time. We talked about your impact on your relationships and things Mm -hmm. like that. Going forward into your life, what do you see as the obstacle that is in the way or a recurring obstacle? So what's the recurring obstacle? Yeah. Like for example, I'll share something about myself. Like I can definitely relate when you say, um, when we talked about growing up, let's say feeling like you don't belong or feeling accepted, you know? So for me, one of the biggest triggers 
that's always been in my life that I've continually worked on. And obviously we always get better, but the trigger is there, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like I am not accepted or I don't, people don't like me, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? So that's something that is always there in the background that you get better to learn to accept yourself, you know, learn mm -hmm. to love yourself, that kind of thing. It's something we all relate to. So that for me would be an obstacle that I'm constantly transforming to get to the highest version of full acceptance and things like mm. that. So what would you say on your path towards transformation, towards the future you that you visualize, that you want to leave behind in a sense? What is, you know, some of the main obstacles or one of the obstacles that you foresee? Mm. Recurring obstacle that you have to deal with? That kind of thing. <laughs> I think the character called question. Wesley is the biggest obstacle. It's yeah. like that identification with that egoic part of me. Yeah. You know, the one that can get freaked out, the one that can get triggered, um, the one that gets wrapped up in the drama yeah. of what's going on. Mm. You know, the one, the part of me that compares myself to others. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's always being worked with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's always being worked with. I think the remedy to that is getting better and better and better at telling yourself the truth. Mm. That is not an easy path at all. Yeah. But I think that's the remedy to those struggles. I think it's the remedy to those obstacles is if you can get better and better and better at telling yourself the truth, mm. if you can make a better and more accurate interpretation a deeper interpretation, a more comprehensive, more full interpretation of anything that happens to you. Mm -hmm. If you can learn how to do that, have somebody coach you how to do that. If yeah. you can get knocked on the head and, and spontaneously be able to do <laughs> you want to lick a frog and that allows you to do it, whatever. Might happen. Um, if you can learn how to tell yourself the truth, mm. I really think those obstacles, they shrink. Yeah. You can really step over them at that point. Um, because truth in itself is curative. Awareness in and of itself is curative. Yeah. Right? So that's how you keep moving forward. You've got to learn how to tell yourself the truth. Yeah. And that's a that's a tall order for a lot of people. Because it, it means admitting a lot of things about yourself that are gonna be um they're gonna be kind of gross. They're gonna yeah. be unsavory. And so the more we can include those parts mm. of us um, and understand that they are not us, but they are part of us. Those yeah. things that we don't like, like shadow elements yeah, and, yeah. and parts of ourselves that we'd just rather dissociate from, mm -hmm. you know, or, or just say, that's not me. If we yeah. can integrate those parts of ourselves, <clears throat> yeah. if we can integrate those parts of ourselves, I think that's, that's how you step over the obstacles. I, I love how you mentioned the word truth because that's also been in a lot of my conversations, especially around the area of self-acceptance. And uh, something recently that I really kind of came to my mind was, you know, like let's say a lot of, you know, I, I saw this uh, presentation by Deepak Chopra. One of my students got me a ticket for it. It was really cool. And I, I was like late to it and everything, but apparently I had like one message to get out of it, which was he, he was presenting on, the five uh, kleshas, I think I'm pronouncing it probably wrong, but basically it's these tenets in Hinduism. And the first one is that the root of all suffering is that we don't know the complete truth. Yeah, you, you know, and it's like, and it's the, the interesting thing is that I was thinking, I'm like, okay, let's say somebody disapproves of you or, you know, something happens, there's a conflict of some kind. 
where the suffering is, is that we, we take in that person's view or the situation as the absolute truth. And part of it is true, right? But part of it isn't true. And because we know in our hearts, your soul, your spirit knows what the truth is. So that mismatch by carrying that burden of untruth is continually eating away at you. You know, so learning for me was a big breakthrough in learning to 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 see that when somebody says something or to see situations that it's not ever 100% true. See what you can take from it as truth that is useful to you and realize that also it's not all 100% true and continue forward so that it doesn't pollute your own inner, inner mm-hmm. truth, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. So, I mean, when you mentioned truth, it reminded me of all those things. Yeah. yeah. I got a couple of things to say about that. You want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a point of view from integral theory that nothing is 100% true. Right. Yeah. And nothing is 100% false. Yeah. There's a little bit of truth in everything. Right. And there's a little bit of falseness in everything. Yeah. The other thing was uh, something that used to be shared with me a lot by my mentor, Russell Delman, um, used to say to me, in the light of enough truth, all suffering will dissolve. Mm. And I used to share that with my students. And I like enough truth. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have a silly example of this, so you all bear with me here. Um, it, I can see this scenario in a microcosm of you've sent a text to someone you, or you've sent a, a message to someone who hey, you know, can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. And and there's an expectation that they're going to get back to you. Yeah, yeah. And they don't. <laughs> and you know, we've all been that through peeve, this like, oh, I wonder what peeve. happened. <laughs> oh, maybe I should send another text. You send another one, you don't hear from them. You think, "Oh, I'll give it some space." You give it some space and and then we go through it. You know, you start getting angry. Right. You start yeah, getting sad. <laughs> and then we all do this thing like we really care. I'm like, "Oh, maybe they're okay." Maybe you know, they send the care yeah, text. Try to be nice. <laughs> you know. And then you know, hours could go by, 12 hours, 24 hours. And you can get, you can get yourself really wound really up in up, yeah. anger or worry, you know, and you start making these fantastical stories about what it means, oh, yeah. you know, cause you haven't heard from somebody and you can really get wound up. You can get into a really tight place of suffering around. Yeah. That. Yeah. And then if you get a message back suddenly and they say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was in a terrible accident. In the light of all that truth, everything you were carrying just melts instantaneously. Mm. Because in the light of that much truth, I was in a terrible accident. Yeah. Everything you made up, all the angst you whipped yeah. up, all instantly this, disproven. <laughs> all of it just vanishes in a moment because that much truth, you cannot hang on to any suffering. Hmm. So with enough light, there's with enough truth. There's there's nothing that uh, there's nothing that we can not have peace around. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And so if we can if we can apply that to ourselves, go back to what I was saying, right? If, yeah. if you can tell yourself the truth, if you can learn how to make truer and truer interpretations about that which happens to you and has happened to you and what you think might happen to you, you can release yourself from the bondage of struggle. Hmm. And I think it really points to that integrative nature of truth of the more inclusive you can be of 
multiple things that are true about the situation, mm-hmm. the less the one absolute truth that you are trying to seek yeah. out of it is going to impact your emotions and your state of being. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally relate to that. I have a huge pet peeve when people don't text me back. <laughs> Yeah, but you get enough truth in response. That's true, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's such a good one. I like that. Well, my friend, any last words of wisdom on how your experiences doing all of these things have given you more wisdom about the world, about people in general? Anything that you want Mm, to share? Yeah, people in general. Gosh, so much to say. I think the thing maybe worth sharing is that Everybody's doing the best they can mm. at the level of consciousness that they're at. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if somebody looks that up for me, it's Deepak Chopra. But it's it's a hundred percent true. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they've got yeah. at the level of consciousness that they are at. Yeah. There is a point of awakening on everybody's journey that is available to them if they if they go far enough where you can learn to have a very compassionate embrace and tolerance of where everyone is at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's that sort of carrot dangling out there Mm -hmm. for everybody else. It's a potential for everyone that we can get to that place, but it is not a guarantee. Yeah. So the reality of the situation is most of us will live out our lives at the level of consciousness that we're at as long as our questions get answered with our worldview at that level. Hmm. So if that's our fate, if we're going to pretty much be rooted in, in one particular level of consciousness, knowing that we're doing our best there, then the thing to tell everybody is be as healthy as you possibly can at that level. Hmm. Be the best person you can serve from your deepest self in that place as openly as you can Yeah, learn as much tolerance is as possible at that level of consciousness. Be a decent person, give your deepest gifts and show up in the world from your best self. The world needs that right now. Absolutely. More than any time I can, I can think of. And, um, if people would, would come from that place. Hmm. So, Know that we're all doing the best we can. And then wherever you find yourself, be your best self from that place. And listen to your soul. Wait for the moments in life when there is what I call mind and soul alignment. And everybody can do that at the level that they're at. There's something your ego wants. There's something that your head wants. There's something that your desirous mind wants. There's something that the seeking mind wants. And then there's something the soul just knows that's always trying to pull you back on track, Hmm. always telling you, you know, there's this other thing. And if we can learn how to harmoniously allow the mind and the soul to come together, when those two things are in congruency, when the mind and soul, when the head and heart come into alignment, that's magic. That's brilliance. That's when we feel on purpose. That's when you have these moments where you go, I'm really me and life is okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I would strive for. That's what I would, that's what I want to share with people that find that even if you have it for just a glimmer, Hmm. listen, listen to your heart, listen to your head 
makes find life out worth they, living. Yeah, that's where the that's that's where love is. Yeah, that's, that's why where we're here. <laughs> that's where love yeah. lives. Hmm. Right, is in that connection. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. Is a, a fantastic interview. Thank you so much, well, for, brother. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope you really have enjoyed this. Where can they find out uh, about the school, about if they're interested in mm. some of your programs? Awesome. Yeah, there's some some basic information. It's sort of a basically an online business card. If you go to www.psylogia.org, that's P-S-Y-L-O-G-I-A.org. There's some basic information there. Yeah. Um, you can send us an email to that. Also, if you find us at uh, the Psylogia Institute on Facebook, you can follow along and see what we're doing there. And uh, if anybody's interested out there, I'm perfectly okay with them sending me a personal friend request on Facebook as well. Yeah, absolutely. So they can find me there. Just Wesley Fuquay. I'm the only one. And uh, send me a friend request. We'll chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Wes, guys. I hope you have enjoyed this interview as much as I have. This has been a fantastic experience talking about consciousness, awareness, self-acceptance, truth, pretty much all the awesome philosophical concepts that you can pack and do and interviews. So I hope it's contributed to your life. And if there are people in your social circle, in your relationship circle, in your tribe that would f benefit from this, that you feel that would contribute it to them, feel free to share it. You know, you never know the difference that you'll make with just a conversation. That's been a lesson in my life on an ongoing basis. So I hope you've benefited from this. If you want to support the show, uh, check out the website. We have a Patreon account and all members of Patreon, for every dollar that you contribute, I am donating 20 cents, so 20% to local charities here. You can check the charities out on my community page on my website. A lot of really fantastic places that I'm involved with, and uh, I would love to be writing some checks for them. So thank you for doing that if you are. So anyway, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, Wes, so much for being on the show and sharing your life and transformation. My pleasure, brother. Awesome. We'll see you guys later. You're listening to the Seven Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the7transformations.com. <laughs>